No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. The coaching nets are back. We're one week into the season, and it feels like shades of 2018, 2019, and I'm here for it. It's uh, It's been awesome to watch this team. It's fun again. After a couple seasons of that whole KD, Kyrie, James Harden, um, it, it was fun because you thought that maybe you could win a championship, but in actuality, man, it ended up being four of the worst years I've ever watched sports. Uh, maybe the 2021 season was fun because of that little run that they made in the playoffs. But all in all, so far this season, it's, it's refreshing. And watching the young guys ball, seeing Ben Simmons kind of get back to what we want him to be. Cam Thomas finally cooking. The young guys coming out, playing well. Like It's just been fun, fun, fun. And uh, with that, welcome to episode number two of the Battle Nets Fans Podcast. It's November 3rd, 2023. The Nets just beat the Chicago Bulls in their first ever in-season tournament game. Uh, I guess we could start off with that horrible court that the Bulls were playing on. Uh, I- I've seen some of the courts and the contrast with the, it looks like wooden court with like a red or blue or different colors down the middle of the court. Uh, the contrast isn't that bad, but this all red court was absolutely horrible, especially with an orange ball bouncing on top of it. That had to have been some type of issue for the colorblind people, right? I remember there was a, a Thursday night football game between the Jets and the Bills one year where the Jets were all green, the Bills were all blue, and there were people on Twitter going on and talking about how that was like impossible for colorblind people to see. No, I'm sorry, it was green and red, and the the Bills were in all red. And uh, I'm assuming that there has to have been some type of issue with that this, this game also. But uh, all in all, this is the first time I come on since the season actually took off and, uh, and talk about it. So I kind of just wanted to run through the first five games a little bit. In all actuality, if you think about it, if Donovan Mitchell isn't left wide open, I mean, I know he kind of fouled Cam Johnson. You could have called an offensive foul, but even late in the game, you can't do that, Cam. Uh, but Cam, uh, Donovan Mitchell hitting that open three to take the lead late in the game and then a miracle hook shot from three from Luka, like we could very well be 5-0. and and who had the Brooklyn Nets as one of the top teams in the NBA, at least record-wise? And I know we're not, right? And you could do the same thing in reverse. Because technically tonight against the Bulls, if you could say if Zach Levine hits that shot, you know, we lose today. So I get it. But they've played well enough, right? And you can't dispute that. They've played well enough to be 5-0. and And uh, I guess we can get into some of those things. Uh, the opener against the Cavs, for the most part, they played well. Cam Thomas came off the bench. Dropped 30-plus points. Um, I think the most frustrating part of that first game was the fourth quarter, late in the first quarter. You don't have Ben Simmons out there. I get it, right? He can't hit free throws. Close game. You don't want him to be at the free throw line. All right, that's fine. But if he's not out there, you got to have Spencer Dinwiddie out there. you got to have somebody out there that can handle the ball. And when Royce O'Neal is bringing the ball up and Donovan Mitchell gets that easy steal when he's trying to give the ball over to, to Mikel Bridges. That was the game changer right there. That fast break, it uh, it completely turned the last minute upside down. And you, you need Ben Simmons or Spencer Dinwiddie with the ball in their hands at that moment. At least Spencer, he could hit some free throws. So I, I thought that was disappointing. E- even with everything, they still had a chance to take a, a game-tying shot. I can't remember if they lost by two or three. But it was either game-tying or game-winning shot. I think it would And... They, they, I don't know what they drew up. Cam Thomas ended up taking an ill-advised last shot. And I understand Cam Thomas had a big game. And maybe that wasn't even the, the play that they drew up. Uh, but 
that 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 was an unfortunate loss, a rough way to start the season. But then they went over to Dallas, and I mean, I felt like that was the game where I felt like DFS uh, Dorian Finney-Smith really took off. He was hitting big shots. Royce O'Neal hit a couple big threes in the fourth quarter. It's like Royce O'Neal and Luka Doncic were exchanging threes, which is something that you don't really expect to see. But I thought the Nets did well against the Mavs, which are one of the better teams in the NBA, I would say. And um, and they should have won that game. It, they played perfect defense that that one possession where Luka ended up hitting that, that hook shot three, even though he said he practices it all the time, so it's really not a miracle three for him. But that, that was another love loss. And... And starting 0-2, not ideal, but the way we had lost those two games, it was frustrating. Probably the Cavs won more than the, the, the Mavericks won. But I, I don't think much of Nets World were, were very down, right? 0-2, but okay, we should have won those two games. We still were, were hopeful. And then you had the game against the Hornets. Now, obviously, it's the Hornets, so you should look good against them. But the way the ball was moving, like you could tell – that this is going to be a different type of team this year. Ben Ben was looking very fluid, and Nick Claxton only played the first game, I believe. He didn't he didn't play the, the Dallas game or any other game after that. But you can see that when you have Ben Simmons out there with shooters and you can spread the floor, he is opening up the court and getting open three-point shots for all of his teammates. Right now, at least... Up until tonight, I'm not sure how up-to-date these uh, statistics are. I don't know if they, they count the Chicago Bulls game that they just happened. But as of right now, from what I'm looking on NBA.com, the Nets are fifth in assists with 28 per game. And they are second in three-point percentage, just behind the LA Clippers by 0.3%. And a lot of that has to do with Ben Simmons. Like, I get it. He's not scoring like a lot of people would like him to score. But that's not Ben Simmons' game. He's rebounding. When you can get somebody that's in the top 10 in rebounding and he's technically your point guard, that's a win. We're not suffering on the rebounds like we have been. I, I don't know if we lost the rebound battle tonight against the Bulls. We usually do because the Bulls have Vujicic and, uh, and we did lose the rebound battle. They had 42, we had 39. But up until tonight, we won the rebound battle every game. And we only got out-rebounded by three rebounds today. They only had nine offensive rebounds to our eight offensive rebounds. This is a different team. Like, we're rebounding better. The ball is moving much better. And in that Hornets game, that was the third game in a row that Cam Thomas went for 30-plus. But what I really liked about that game is the way he was driving and dishing. The thing about Cam Thomas, I know a lot of people criticize his defense, which, by the way, I think has improved is that he forces shots. He takes ill-advised shots. When he hits a couple in a row, you know he's getting coming for that heat check. But when I saw him on that, in that Hornets game, he was driving in addition. He's making better decisions. And I'm really liking what I'm seeing from Cam Thomas. Now, Dinwiddie went down with an injury. Dennis Smith went down with an injury. So we were really slim after that game. But we got our first one of the season. We were 1-2 and two going into Miami. Now, I went to that game. A couple things about that game before I actually get into the on-court stuff. Over the last couple of years, and I get it, right? it. What I'm about to state, it's obvious. But over the last couple of years, it's been really fun going to Nets games here in Miami or in Orlando because you could say like 10 to 15% of the arena is wearing Brooklyn Nets gear. And then I went there on Wednesday night, and I'm, I promise you, I saw, if many, if this many, 10 people, with any type of Nets gear 
in that whole arena. And it just comes to show you that, I mean, the only people left are the faithful. Like, Nets World is back to just Nets World. It's not Nets World and stands, which I don't mind, by the way. I, I don't mind. But it was fun when I would be at in Orlando or Miami and we'd be winning games because we beat Miami now five times in a row, I believe it is. And then you would get those Brooklyn chants because there were enough people in the stands to start them. So although, you know, it's, it's not a big deal, whatever. But, um, you know, it – those are the little things of the big three era that I miss, even though it was only four years. But uh, onto the court, uh, that game, we played without Dinwiddie, without Claxton and Cam Johnson. Now, Claxton and Cam Johnson are going to be out for a while. But when we went Dorian Finney-Smith at center, and we had – I mean, we, had, we started Cam Thomas. We started uh, Mikael Bridges. I can't remember off the top of my head. For some reason, I'm blanking on the, on the entire starting five. But – I thought we had a chance, but Bam Adebayo was bullying everybody inside the paint. Jimmy Butler was taking it into the paint. I mean, that's his game, but when we have Claxton out there and we don't have a rim protector, I thought it was about to be a long night. And in the first half, it felt that way. It felt like we were about to get run out the building. But I remember I went on Twitter at halftime, and I saw – oh, and by the way, before I get to halftime, at the end of the first quarter, I think there was like two seconds left. And Ben Simmons already had two fouls. And Jacques Vaughn inexplicably puts in Ben Simmons to defend the last two seconds of that first quarter. And Ben Simmons picks up a third foul. And I, I really, like, that was frustrating. So I understood the frustration towards Jacques Vaughn at that moment. Because when I got on Twitter at, at halftime, I saw that people were killing him for his rotations. Like, absolutely killing him. But after the game, nobody was talking about that anymore. Because part of the things that you were killing were the fact that Brooks was out there. Watford was out there. Even Wilson got some minutes. But Brooks started lighting it up. Armani Brooks went, what was it, five for six from three? Like, who saw that coming? Watford had 11 points. I forget how many Wilson put up. The bench had 50-plus points. Like, it was the second unit that got them back into that game. So it was nice to see. It was refreshing. When we were down 16 in the third quarter, I don't leave games early. And I, and I and and the thought didn't cross my mind. But I was saying, I'm probably going to be able to move down a couple rows because this arena is going to start emptying out in the beginning of the fourth quarter because this is about to be a blowout. I honestly did not think that we we're going to get back into that game. But once Armani Brooks started hitting those threes, I mean, the heat, I don't know if they were caught off guard. Like, defensively, I know we did well, but the heat were turning the ball over inexplicably a lot. And I know that our defense is good, but the Heat aren't necessarily uh, one of those turnover-prone teams, and we haven't been turning, uh, forcing teams to, to turn the ball over like that any other game. So that was surprising. Um, but all in all, that was a great showing. Uh, in the fourth quarter, once things got tight, I think the changing point was when they tied. The game was tied at 86, and there was like two or three turnovers in a row between the teams. And then Ben Simmons came and blocked Tyler Hero's open layup from behind. That led to a transition three, and that was the game. Because after that, they didn't look back, 89-86, and they didn't look back. Like, I know it, it got tricky at the end, right? They started getting close, but we would, we would hit a bucket ourselves. M Mikhail Bridges came up big. He had a big offensive rebound. Uh, I'm really starting to love that kid. Uh, if, I mean, I already love that kid, but he's really showing that, that he can do the, the little things. 
And even though he had a slow start to the season, he started picking it up in that game. And all in all, I mean, that was that was a, a statement win, I thought. Eastern Conference champs, I mean, outside of Kevin Love, they were basically healthy and um, Caleb Martin. But Caleb Martin comes off the bench. He's a, he's a big piece, but I wouldn't say he's a, a game changer either for them. So all in all, I thought it was awesome. And then tonight against the Bulls, another great showing. Dorian Finney-Smith ended up with 21 points. Mikel Bridges ended up with 20 points. Uh, Dinwiddie with 10. Cam Thomas, 17. He's cooled down a bit. And you didn't expect Cam Thomas to keep hitting 30 every game. But if he can give you consistent 18 to 22 a night, like that's a dynamic duo right there between Mikel Bridges and Cam Thomas. Now, what do you do when Cam Johnson and Nick Claxton come back? I'm not really sure. I, I, I think at this point, I would prefer to see Spencer Dinwiddie go to the bench the way Cam Thomas has been playing uh, and let you know Spencer Dinwiddie cook with the second unit. And um, you know, I, I really like what I see with Cam Thomas next to Ben Simmons and Mikhail Bridges. I really kind of hope that Cam Thomas has earned that starting position permanently. Now, what happens when Nick Claxton comes back? Well, that's an interesting question in itself because Nick Claxton going back into the starting lineup and benching Dorian Finney-Smith I understand why that would happen, right? The rim protector is important. And um, defensively, he's great because he could switch. He could guard anybody. But in all honesty, the way Ben Simmons has been producing with four shooters on the court with him, Dorian Finney-Smith can hit threes, obviously. He's shooting like he's shooting lights out from three this season. I'll look that up in a second. So with those four shooters, he's been looking great. Uh, at the moment, Dorian Finney-Smith is actually shooting – 48% from three. So taking that off the court for Ben Simmons, I, I think that that would be a disservice to Ben Simmons and the team in general. Like I get Nick Claxton is important to this team, but Dorian Finney-Smith has really looked good in that starting lineup. Now, when you have tomorrow night to play against the Bucks, when you have Giannis and Brooke Lopez coming in and you have 6-7 Dorian Finney-Smith running the five, yeah, that could be a problem. But for the most part, when you're playing against teams that don't have that type of size, I'd like to see Dorian Finney-Smith maybe stick out there. Now, I don't know what happens with Nick Claxton. I, I like Nick Claxton. And I wish that he would develop a mid-range jump shot so this could work a little better with Ben Simmons. But until one of those two can develop some type of jump shot, th that pain is clogged up. And I know a lot of people on Twitter are like, they're going to figure it out. They're going to figure it out. Maybe they will. But until they do, it's going to be frustrating to see Dorian Finney-Smith go to the bench. All right. Um... And then uh, a couple more things. Coach and Nets are back. Sean Marks, everybody that has kind of poo-pooed Sean Marks over the last couple months, I don't know why you guys doubted him. I, I understood that if KD and Kyrie stayed and Sean Marks had to go, even though I didn't like that idea, I understood it. But if you're telling me that we have to rebuild, who better to rebuild than Sean Marks? He's done it once for us already without draft picks. We have a lot of draft capital now. We have young pieces. I, I, I am really happy that they stuck with Sean Marks. And uh, look at the team that he's put together. We got Armani Brooks. And everybody's like, okay, but he can't do that on a consistent basis. And look, he didn't play at all tonight. But why can't he become a, a, a lethal three-point shooter? Now, for those of you that forgot, when Sean Marks got here, Spencer Dinwiddie wasn't the Spencer Dinwiddie we know now. He was a journeyman. Joe Harris wasn't the three-point assassin that he got he became with the Brooklyn Nets. He was a journeyman. 
And now we got Armani Brooks. Now we got Walford. He finds these guys. Lonnie Walker was getting 6.5 mil last year. This year, we signed them for the veterans minimum. I think that was one hell of a deal. Like, Sean Marks is really showing that he is that guy when you want to rebuild a team. Now, if we start looking for, uh, you know, superstars again, do they clash with Sean Marks? Does that become an issue? I don't know. But at this point, I choose Sean Marks over a superstar. I mean, unless you're going to give me some, you know, something crazy like uh, an Anthony Williams. But in general, I, I like the way Sean Marks does his work. And I, I kind of wish that he would just stay here for the long run. I would hate to know that he's going to leave at some point because I trust Sean Marks. And I'd be surprised if anybody else doesn't. So all in all, it feels like the culture nets are back. It feels fun again. I'm having a, a, a fun time watching this team. And um, I, I'm looking forward to what's up ahead. We're like Right now, they're 3-2. and two. Uh, Last season, they started off like 2-5. and five. So obviously, this season has started off better than last year's. And uh, I, I, I kind of uh, – I predicted that they would – win 45 games, make the sixth seed, sixth or fifth seed, and that they would end up playing the next quite thought would end up in the fourth seed. But, oh, I'm sorry, and they're not playing the Bucks tomorrow. They're playing the Celtics tomorrow. But I think that this team has showed that they might surprise some people. That year, the culture nets, 2018-19, nobody had them as a playoff team. That team came out of nowhere. And I think this team can do the same. Do I think they're going to win an NBA championship? No. Do I think they're going to make the Eastern Conference Finals? Not necessarily, but I think that they can win a playoff game, which would be a great improvement. I think they can make a top six seed. I mean, like we said at the beginning of the show, they should be 5-0 and right now. But they're 3-2 and over 500, and they got Boston next. Now, coming up, we have Boston. I, I think they're going to win the NBA championship. Uh, we got Milwaukee, again, another monster team. And then we got the Clippers on Wednesday. And then they have the Celtics again next Friday. So a tough four-game stretch. Uh, I didn't realize that it was the Celtics, Bucks, Clippers, and then Celtics again. So obviously a tough four-game <laughs> four stretch. I mean, but the way this team has been playing, I think they can hang in with anybody. The, the way the ball is moving, the way 1 through 10 is producing, 1 through 12 on this team is producing. The depth on this team is out of hand. So if one person is not, doesn't have the ball you know, uh, going, it's, it's, they're not hot, you can count on just about anybody on this team to get going. So I really do believe that this team can surprise some people, and um, I'm here for it. So let's see what they do in the next week. I hope to be back maybe after the next – maybe after the Bucks game to talk, talk about those last two games. And um, I hope to be here a little more often. I, I took five games to do this first episode, so hope to be here more regularly. But regardless, uh, Nets World is here. Nets World here to stay, and um, let's see where this goes. Uh, if you're listening on audio, thank you for listening all the way to the end. Please like, subscribe, comment, all that other stuff. And uh, I, this is the first time I started doing these solos, so we'll see how this goes. This one's kind of weird, kind of talking to myself. It's kind of weird. But I'm going to keep going because uh, I don't have a co-host, but I love talking nets, so I'm going to do this solo anyway because I kind of just feel like it. So until the next one, have a good one.